Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode, episode 102 of the Need to Nerd podcast. I'm your host, Easy, and I am joined by my perpetually late co-host, Patty B. Hey, man. We got brunch plans today. I had to run some errands before recording this morning. So. Hey, it's sometimes you just have that friend that you know is going to be late for everything that you do. And that's what okay. I'm not that. I'm not that. <laughs> this is a sensitive subject for you, Patty B. I I have tried my darndest ever since um my time with uh Mary Lee Webb in uh the show choirs that I did to be on time for things. Nice. Um nice. Quint, so. Quentin is also late for everything, in case you didn't that's know that fair. about him. Oh, cool. Oh, so we were talking about Quentin. Ah, yeah, there you go, so. there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh this <laughs> this week. Uh, you know, we're not we're gonna be talking about show choir. Um, we are going to do our final episode on the inheritance cycle and covering the book Inheritance by Christopher Paolini, the fourth book in the inheritance cycle about Aragon, Sephira, and their adventures trying to take down the mad king Gavatorx. Before we do that though, Patty B, how about them boys? Talk about my awesome Dallas Cowboys. We just like rock the socks off of the New York Giants, and we're gonna destroy the other New York team today. Well, I guess the only real New York team is technically the Buffalo Bills because the other two are in Jersey. But you know, we don't talk about that. So, uh, yeah, I my my wife uh, happened to I believe have the Dallas defense in our yeah. Easy Game Media Fantasy League, and before so the some game, context like, for I, this. Oh yeah, go for it. So we had a little spat on Twitter where uh, Spencer called me a fake fan for not drafting the Cowboys defense. Uh, and I didn't know how good they were and like that they had 40 point upside. Like, or how, how many points did they get? It was I think like 32. 30 something points. Yeah. 32 points. That's crazy. I love it. But yeah, uh, then I was like, "There's no way I can win." And then she looks at her. She like, I come back downstairs from doing something, and I was like, uh, "Did you win?" And she's got this grin on her face, the size of <laughs> mile wide. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. I For what did. it's worth, I think Shelby's team is looking like it might take it down this year. Tyree Kill is an animal. He's literally he's a cheetah. Well, so. if if you want to join the conversation about fantasy football, the inheritance cycle, we got people talking about Star Wars recently. Uh, that new Ahsoka show do be doing it. Only two more episodes left of that, I believe, right? I think so. It's pretty crazy. Uh, two or three. I think that we just saw episode five this week. So yeah, just two more. Six and seven are the the final two episodes. Do you want to join those? Covers? I thought it was an eight. I thought it was an eight-episode Well, series. look it up while I talk and don't interrupt me. Uh, if you want to join that conversation, head on over to the Discord that is mentioned in the show notes. Uh, you can be a part of that family. We talk magic. We talk Star Wars. We talk fantasy football. All kinds of things. And all nerds. You know, if you got a need to nerd, it's the place to be. Uh, so, uh, while the while the nerd factor of the week this week is that while the end of the cycle, uh, book five... Uh, has been hinted at forever. Um, we have already seen Tales of Alagazia and Murtog comes out in November. Patty, my question for you is, 
Do you think this series needs a legitimate book five? Yes, I do. I do think it needs a legitimate book five because um, that was one of the main tips, shall we say, with uh, this this book in the series was the ending. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Think, don't spoil the episode. I know. I, I'm trying to do it without uh, like being specific. <laughs> that the the ending was not universally loved so um I, I think a fifth book would be great um i'm excited to see what if we if we see aragon in this also doing this episode at this time you know uh, a couple months before um murtog comes out uh is a, is a good way for people to to get back into it maybe read inheritance um, again, before uh, that next book comes out. Yeah, I think that, you know, there's a lot to that. There's a lot of loose ends in this series. Uh, and I would I would love, I mean, he hints at a book five all, all the time. Um, and, you know, when he did Tales of Allegasia and called it, you know, part one, I was like, oh, okay. So we're getting, we're getting multiple tales. And then you got Murtag coming out. Um, the dudes are writing Fiend Man. Like he already has released two, you know, the Sea of Stars and the Fracture Verse mm-hmm. stuff. So hopefully we'll see some more. Let's dive into our main topic. It is inheritance. I've already kind of mentioned what it is. If you haven't listened to our other episodes, I believe the first two were with uh, were with West and Bressinger was done here with Patty B. Um. But what are, what are your first memories of this book specifically? Your first time reading it, your thoughts on it? Yeah, so uh, some of my first memories with this book, um, it came out a significant time after high school. So I was a really avid reader in like high school. I started to get into college, and um, I didn't... I wasn't as... Because of my schoolwork, I wasn't as... I didn't have time for like fantasy reading, uh, like extra. Um, so, but the book came out and I purchased the hardcover and I just didn't read it for a long time. Um, and so that, that's kind of my, my first memories of the book was that it, it took me, uh, a bit to actually read it after it was released just because of life stuff. This is not my original copy. This is a first edition for those watching. Um, I was gifted a copy of first editions for the ones that I was missing um, because I actually bought this this book on Kindle um, the first time that I read it. And it was the Mm -hmm. first, and it might be the only book I've ever read on my Kindle uh, that that was gifted to me. I did not enjoy Kindle reading as much as paperback reading. So it was like, obviously there's a lot of people who really love it, but there's something about like turning that page and, the excitement. I don't know. There's there's something uh, tactile, I guess, about reading mm-hmm. a book. But um, I read this book really fast. Uh, I think that this and Harry Potter 7 might be the fastest I've read any books in my life. And I just I just remember... I, I remember really, really enjoying... Um like the first half of this book, like mm-hmm. just loving it. Um, but we'll, we'll kind of, kind of get into 
the, my thoughts there, but like I, it was, it was a real joy, um, to to kind of see things. And I don't know if we mentioned this during a nerd fact during the Brissinger episode, but it should be probably mentioned right here. Um, when the series started, Christopher had planned for Roran to become king, and I think that as he wrote the book, like there were a few things that changed. Um, you, you know about like. Elva was originally going to be a writer, you know, Roran was going to be a king, stuff like that. And I think that, like, my first impressions, I kind of expected Roran to come out being king or, or something like that. And so there were some some slight disappointments, but let's go into overall impressions, though. I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, what what's your overall impression of, of this book in the series? And honestly, like, we can also say just of the series as a whole now that we're complete. Yeah. Um, so some overall impressions, um, because, because of when I ended up reading it, um, I got a different, a bit of a different experience, I, um, than the most folks, because when, when, when I read it and it, um, I, I was a bit different. So when I was like super into the, and I still love them, um, super into these books in, in high school, um, uh, I kind of had like a start stop with it. Um, I think kind of like you were like, I was loving the first half and then I started to get into some bits in the middle near the end and I kind of fell off. So it, it took me a bit, but um, yeah, with, with, with this book, it's uh, it has a lot of open storylines like we talked about, but I don't think that it hinders the overall like enjoyment of it. Um, like I, I'm, I'd, I'd read this again. In fact, I, I, that is on my list of things to listen to when I'm not listening to fantasy podcasts and stuff this week. Dude, I, I've actually weeks. listened to this book three times in the last like two months. Um, wow. Just, just in preparation. Cause I, I listen to books when I go to sleep. Um, oh, gotcha. Okay. So I always can't, I can't ever do that because like, I'll, well, I'll forget where so, I was. You also I do. fall asleep so fast it doesn't help you. Where like I lay awake yeah. for like thirty minutes to an hour, so it's pretty easy for me to to like consume books. It, if you ever go on a trip with Patty B, like the dude falls asleep, like Patty the sleep and Patty. I was talking, I was talking to your wife about this once. I was like, your husband falls asleep so fast. She's like, yeah, I effing hate him for it. What a jerk. So how do you do it? You and my wife, you just like, all right, I decide to sleep. And now you're asleep. Matt Kling does it too. You guys it's, suck. It's like that. Uh, it's like that song out like a light. <laughs> so crazy. Um, Down. So I've listened to this book quite a bit, and there are. It's funny. This is one of those books where there's actually a specific part that I don't that actually wakes me up um, from the audiobook. So I have to. Mm -hmm. I have to make sure that it won't play. That chapter won't play while I'm asleep, or like just accept the fact that I'm going to wake up. Uh, it's the Borough Grubs chapter with Nasawada when she's getting tortured with the Borough Grubs. The sound, um, the sound that Jared Doyle makes is creepy. It's yes, and that chapter yeah. is super creepy. So like sometimes I'll sleep through, but I'll like get a nightmare or something. But gotcha. um, my my overall impression of this this book, um, just kind of read, listen to it is it is. I, there is so much that happens at the end that it makes you think that it's a lot longer than it is. Um, 
So, for example, uh, I just said that, that I enjoyed the first half because that's what my initial impression was. And looking at the book, uh, <laughs> the king die, Gavitarx dies on page uh, 719. And, and, there's how many only, pages the and there's only 841 pages of actual content. Does that, that's got to surprise you, right? That there's like, it's like a, only 150 more pages. Of like epilogue after like, no, I mean, not epi There's actually no epilogue, right? Right. I, I say epilogue as in like the falling action after. Yeah, because the next chapter is when Roran sees the castle collapse. Right. Uh, collapsing. And then the chapter after that is Aragon escaping the, the throne room. And then, mm -hmm. then there's the chapter where they decide the who the next ruler will be. Then there's two more chapters after that. Um, yeah, there. My overall impressions, kind of right now, are like it is a good book that did its best to tie a lot of things up, and the author had changed his mind on a lot of things while writing, and it 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 makes for. Not it's not a bad read. Like it's not even a bad story. It's not a bad ending. Like there's not actual problems with it. It's just unexpected. Like 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 a really good example is Arya didn't want to be queen. So why did and like you don't you never really it doesn't really make sense and you don't really understand like why she decides to be queen and and that's kind of what I mean when I say like I would love another book because there are just parts that I would I would love to understand more. Not not because this is lacking but because i have such a love for these characters and this this book included in the rest of them and my overall impressions of the series is he does a really good job of capturing um qualities of characters like uh like and, and the, the chapters about like the true names do a really good job of showing this where you know understanding oneself and um, you can see that in the characters as you're going, like Sephira's um, vanity, like is blatantly obvious throughout the whole the whole series. And I think it is a really good job of of capturing those things, but making them more than just surface level. And I think the series does a really good job of that. Uh, do you want to talk about good be betters for this book specifically? Uh, yeah, we can do that. Um... So obviously we talked about. Um, oh, oh, I guess I'm skipping way, way, yeah. way too much. Sorry. Let, let's talk about favorite characters. I'll let you go first. And we're specifically talking favorite POV character and then favorite side character. Got uh, it. Okay. I'll go first. Um, in this one, I honestly, the I I usually would say Naswada is my favorite. Um, like her and Aragon usually switch off, but in this one, I actually really like Roran's character and his development. Like, there's a when he's capturing, um, what city is he capturing? Uh, Eros is it Eros? I think it's Eros, yeah. He needs capturing that, and he's got it's, I think the chapter is called like the boat, the something of the bones. Is that not this book? Am I chosen? That'd be so funny if that wasn't this book. That's kind of like part of it too. Is uh, I know it is. It's a toss of the bones. The toss of the bones. Okay. It, it is Eros. Yeah, when he when he is just like trip like tripping out that entire army by himself, 
to hide the fact that like they're like they're doing other preparations and they can't actually fight right there. Like air. Oh yeah, the like yeah, he like has a drink with the the person and he's like just flipping bones around. The, the, yeah, Roran has. Um, I think that once, one thing I didn't realize during our last review is like once his need to like get Katrina back is gone, he becomes a more interesting character to me because he's like, he's now driven like, okay, is this revenge? Is this, is this like just trying to go back to my normal life? Like, can I go back to my normal life? He becomes a much more interesting character. And like, I think you see that through his friendships, through his willingness to, I mean, we saw his willingness to disobey orders. We saw his willingness to like, I don't know. He's, he, he has become, I, I, he was my favorite as a kid. And then I was my least favorite as like an adult. And then like in my thirties now, he like, I like him. Uh, He's, he's probably my favorite in this one. You come back around on him. Yeah. Um, so for me, uh, just kind of thinking about a bit. Um, in this book, it like you said, it has been roaring in the past. Nasuwada. Um, I think in this book for me, it's Aragon. Uh, just because there's a lot of like with having to find his true name to uh, enter the Vault of Souls. Um, there's a lot of like self discovery and like and internalizing like who he is. Um, and so those, those conversations with him and Safira. We um, should probably say spoilers at this point in the podcast. Sorry. Done, yeah. Sorry. We've done a good job <laughs> of like not having major spoilers, but it, from this point on, if you, if you haven't read these books, you really should. The next one comes out, uh, in a couple months. So it'd be like a really fun binge read for people, but we, there will be spoilers for the rest of this episode. Yes. So, uh, to enter the vault of souls they have to discover their true name which that the whole like concept of this place that is shrouded from everyone's memory is um is a nice way and i i really wish that like uh, i guess i'm getting that later i wish they could have just stayed on rowing guard and just built that place up instead of leaving the continent um <laughs> But uh, no, those those conversations of self actualization and him and Safira having that discovery of who they truly are, um, I think is is big and is a really good part of the book. Who's your favorite side character in this one? My favorite side character, um, probably Angela or Solombum. I feel like Angela has. Um, some really good stuff in this book. Uh, when they're invading, uh, don't know if it is, um, is it? I think it's Drasliona, where all the like everything is just becomes a crapshoot, and Angela saves everybody. Yeah, it was Drasliona. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think she there's has a some reason, really shiny moments there. I think there's a reason Angela got a POV moment in the Tales of Alligator just because of how much people love her character. Mm-hmm. Um, mine's pretty close. It's like almost a tie between Murtog and um, Gabatorix, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's probably Murtog just because you get you both get more of him, and his story becomes really inter- one of interest to me like 
the love story is really interesting, really like sad. Um, and it's it's interesting that Galatorix knows her well, like knows Nasuada well enough to know that she and Mortag are like clearly in love, and like use that as mem like as false memories against her and like Mortag, you know these these silent moments where he's just holding her to give her some semblance of like any kind of comfort that he can to help her get through things. I don't know. It's just you, you get really mad at Murtaugh. I think in Prisinger when you're like, why are you being the worst? Like the actual worst. Uh, but like he, he does, he does in fact internalize what Aragon says and uses it to try to save the girl he loves. I, I love that. Uh, That's I, awesome. I do want to shout out Gavitorx though, because he's written really well. Like for yes. for a character that you you wondered about and you've thought about for you know years and years when you were reading these books as a kid to finally get to see him and be like, dude, you're you're a lot. Like you're yeah, because you never really met him before. Right? He's this this off like talk about mythical thing, and he lives up to it. Yeah, I, I guess we can let's go into favorite storylines, but I, I do want to come back to Gov Torx. Uh what's your what's your favorite storyline? Yeah, so um one of my favorite storylines is you talked about some of those those like gut wrenching moments between with Nasawada and Murtog. Um I think Nasawada's imprisonment where I mean where we get to meet the villain, um and and that whole Time that she is imprisoned is um, really eye-opening, and it's a uh, I don't know. It's just, that's my favorite storyline from the book. Um, yeah, that one's that one's really good. I, I think that um, is it cheating to say the Vault of Souls storyline? <laughs> uh, just from like I don't think so. Like from. It's like such a nice bow. Like you have this thing that was said in book one okay. that we're now in book four and he's like fighting with someone. He's like, what does this mean? He's like, I don't know what it means. Why did you say that? I don't know. Like you have to know. Well, I don't. So like stop. Stop asking me. Yeah. I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. yeah. It's just like it's. And then to him, like on the island, like realizing, oh, it means my true name. I have to figure this out. To like, I remember when they open the vault and they see the eggs and like i remember like like getting emotional myself like oh my gosh this is the best yeah. this is the greatest this is so good um i think i think that's got to be it also it made me hate uh i don't know what it was about those chapters but the flight to grongard and the time of grongard made me hate uh glader a lot less like a lot less this time mm -hmm. around. It's like, all right, maybe you don't aren't like the actual worst character ever written. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, that that is good to see too, as far as a side character with like his growth after losing his writer as as an Eldenari. Yeah, like being not really coming to terms with because that grief is. Um, like insurmountable, but um, moving forward through it. 
Um, my, let's go to favorite moments. Uh, we'll, we'll popcorn back and forth. There's a mo the moment where um, Gavatorix is um, trying to get into the minds of them. And Aragon has this relationship. Oh, the reason he's so good at this is he loves it. Like, this is this is his twisted, demented, like, kink. He's, like, real weird. Like, this is this is the thing he lives for. Um, and the way that it's written where it describes, like, the twisting and, like, the, 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 the point of attack, like, it's it just written really well. Um, it was one of my favorite moments. What about you? Um, one of my favorite moments is at the end, um, when we get to meet Arya's dragon. That was always something that, like, Arya was super close to Saphira, and, like, you could see that as a, um, and, and I'm glad she kind of got that resolution as far as, like, oh, yes. So I think it's in book two. It's either in book two or book one where Saphira calls uh, her a dragon, dragon blood elf. Because oh. because Severe Severe actually knows she's going to be a writer. Like she, oh sure, I think I can't remember which book it's in, but it was confirmed by Christopher Paolini that that's why she calls her that. And she no, calls her it a oh. couple times in the series, but it, it happens relatively early. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, Furion is a really good. I think that chapter is really good because it shows growth for multiple characters like we kind of already talked about the growth of 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 um aria where aria doesn't want to be queen but she's mm -hmm. doing it for her people we see the growth of aragon where he like is resolute in his decision and aria's decision doesn't affect his like he's over the like his you know teenage crush and is like you know going into responsibilities and his responsibilities um, not over it, but like he's like realizing he's like legitimately in love and he doesn't get to see the girl he loves anymore. Um, and Safira letting the dragon bite her uh, is also growth for Safira because she would typically want to kick his arse. Um, my other favorite moments, uh, one of them is with. Um, uh, is when they are like deciding who's going to be king and everybody is like sick of uh Orin. Orin's crap like they're just yeah. like dude shut up yeah like shut up I think he's my least favorite character <laughs> it's so funny I think we talked about this that like it's so interesting that he goes from like this very quirky, cute, fun character to just this drunk jerk. And you're like, dude, be quiet. And it's just really nice to hear the elves tell him to shut up. The dwarves tell him to shut up. Even the the, the cats tell him to shut up. Like he's, they're just like, dude, like get like stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you can kind of see that too. There is some compellingness with that where like, Try, going through war like this, he was that before war and um how war changed him and um and uh, affected him that way so that that is the interesting part of like why he's the worst um if you could find a, a good from it 
Well, I, I find that I just find it, it was like a like the POV of the the reader, where mm-hmm. like they're like everyone agrees with you as a reader, just so you know, like we're we're gonna keep him in check. But it is yeah. it, it is true that like you know the the trauma is what's changing this man. Uh, what about you? Do you have another favorite uh, part? Um, yeah, I love when yeah uh, uh, when Roran. Uh, takes arrows. Um, we talked about it earlier, but not just the the throwing of the bones, right? And um, like pump, like making himself up to be all the legends that he is, uh, or people think he is. Um, which he has done some pretty legendary stuff. Like, um, is it? I can't remember if it's in this book or the previous book, he where he just like people. kills like two hundred people. Yeah. <laughs> It might be. A lot of stuff seems to blend. Um, but he's always doing these incredible feats. Um, and was it, is it... Okay, so maybe I'm confusing it. Maybe this is the one from this book where he's taking command and it's the barges. Yeah, that's, that's, they, like, that's sail the... In. That is the moment that you're yeah. talking about. Yes, okay. So um, that's... It, it was really good writing, really creative um, way to penetrate the city um, and problem solve, which we'd yeah. love to do. Uh, I think my next favorite moment is the uh, the way in which they defeat Galatorix. Um, I think that the idea of like circumventing his wards by making him understand like you did bad things and like you've hurt a lot of people and like i'm gonna give you the pain that you've caused others emotionally that Mm -hmm. was i don't know that was kind of beautiful yeah it was a really creative way to get around someone who is like god level magic who's been building up all these you know certain protections right and finding that way around the wards um I know a lot of people didn't like that, <laughs> um, as far as how how he was taken down. But it is, for what it's worth, creative, um, which was what was needed for someone that powerful. Yeah, I, I, you know, people can people can like or not like what what that you know. I, I'm not gonna not yuck your yums anymore, and I, I personally like, I. I remember when I was like a kid, I didn't like it, but like mm-hmm. if you listen to it and read it, I, I do think that it's like elegant and a good a good way for this to end. Yeah, and you know you'd much rather him die knowing that he was a scumbag than die thinking that he was right. Right, because that that's what we we see a lot with villains. Like some of the best villains are the ones who think that they're right. Yeah. Um. So again, that's another. It's a creative way to. Um bring his end well you any other favorite moments we want to call out yeah so it kind of has to do with the favorite storyline um the first time i read the book all the way through was actually the audiobook and so for me it's hearing gerard doyle voice galvatorix for the first time where like that was really cool and interesting and, and the the way his voice changed for 
Galpo of this long, elegant, um, really highlighting some of the things you we talked about. You know that they announced that he's coming back for Murtaugh last week. I, okay. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was I was going to say that how, how excited I was yeah, for that when too. talking about how Jared Doyle um, voiced Galvatorics. So, uh, uh, honorable mention is, is hearing Thorne talk to Aragon and Sapphira for the first time by himself, not through Murtaugh. Yeah, he's he's Thorn's a cute one, or he's like, "Thanks yeah. for not killing my rider." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, and he could be better. So I I only I have one uh, that I can think of that even today is like so stupid. When Bridget tries like acts like she's gonna kill Roran. And is like I took a blood I took a blood oath, you know, that you know, I'd get my vengeance on my husband for you know. Oh, she was a village like one of the villagers. Yeah, and I right. I just like okay. listen, I'm not the writer of this book. I think Christopher does a good job. But like just it was so um showboaty and weird and awkward and like it was just an awkward moment. I wish that she would just been like, I'm giving up this oath. Like, I'm... I, I don't know. You could have ended it without it being, like, this awkward moment where Warren, Warren's like, I'll let her kill me. Like, blah, blah. Like, what? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, that, that has been that character's writing for what it's, like, worth has always been. She was always the loud mouth one, like... Bridget? In, in Carvajal, Bridget. Yeah. yeah. So, like... It's in line that she'd be showboaty about that, but it doesn't make you, you feel better. <laughs> um, I think other than that, like I, I do, I do. I think most of my could be better is like from a child, from like when I was, I guess, a teenager reading this mm-hmm. to today. Like I just don't have them anymore. I respect the book and the writing for what it is. Um, I mean, I, I wish that Aragon and and Arya end up together and fall in love. I like, but the thing is, is like I like that Arya admits like maybe I do have feelings for this kid. Like maybe, maybe I'm. I don't know. What are your could be better? Do you have any could be betters? Yeah, I really wanted them to end up together. Like, I just love love, and I love especially love. when two people love each other, then they should be together. And Aragorn should not just. That that was one of my biggest could be betters is I just I hated that Aragorn went off planet <laughs> to raise the dragons. Like I feel like I'm with actually, the I'm so confused about this for what it's worth. Have you read Tales of Alagazia? I haven't. No, I need. I'm I need so to. confused. So like, I don't know where they go. Like they I they, they go west, but where do they go west from? Like I that's, literally, that's thing, right? I'm so confused about the whole thing. Um, it's it feels like um, that's a west from Arya South. Stark. It feels like Arya Stark in Game of Thrones. Like it's like oh, I'm going west. Well, the like, thing is, we knew Aragorn was going to leave because of the prophecy. I okay, so yes, I get that, but. <laughs> but I didn't like, like it. But I didn't like it. Um, and I think, like, I feel like you could have altered 
you could have kind of turned Rowan Guard into that sacred place where like you keep it, you know, unknown to people. Like the the way that the the memory spell had worked to make everyone forget that this place existed. And then you're able to be specific and like and pull now Urgle and Dwarves, which I also love too, for what it's worth. Hey, we're not in um, Lovitz yet. The Come expansion. On. Oh. You're right. We're not to love it. Um, uh, the adventure could be better. He could, he could, he could be, yeah. He right. could pick do you want to go to Lovitz? Riders and train them there. Um, yeah, let's go to Lovitz. All right. Uh, I really love that they included Urgles and Dwarves in the the fact at, during this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There was No way, me too. I, it was a good solution, especially for the Urgles, I think. To mm-hmm. a pretty big problem. Um, also what, shows the blatant character. racism? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? To the, the blatant racism towards well, Urgles? Well, not even that, but like the, the actual issue of their culture and what it does against, like, to to their allyships, right? Like, mm-hmm. like it, it is actually a delicate problem because you want to respect their culture and, like, the way that they do things, but you also, like, don't want them to come raiding and murdering your people all the time for their culture, right? Right. Um, and so, like, the solution of, like, the games and stuff is also really cool. That was another yep. one I really liked to help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I really, really loved the fight with um, Barst. Uh, it's obviously sad that the queen died, but, like, the way that was written and, like, the way that they, like, had to take down this dragon heart man. I don't know. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really love... You can say any of yours because if I'm stealing something, you gotta... No, you're good. Uh, I Go really off. loved... Um, I really loved the way that Katrina was written in this book and, like, her being like, listen, like, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, I'm gonna go, like... You know, you can't. There's so many moments where Katrina is like a bad woman that's like not going to put up with Roran being overprotective and under and underprotective of himself. I don't know. Uh, those are like some of my favorites. And then you kind of already took my favorite, which was Thorn talking. I didn't mm-hmm. hear Thorn, was one of my favorite moments. What about you? Yeah. Yeah, I've talked a lot about him. Um, all the things we mentioned before. Um, yeah, some of the, specifically with Nassau's improvement, those conversations with um, her and Murtaugh, I think, are some of my favorite Lovitz. Um, I loved, trying to think back, because it's, it, it's been a while, for, uh, a little behind the curtains, we had recorded this before. I think we have. I feel like we have. And but it's gone. the recording got lost somewhere. And so, like, I haven't, re- like, read the book again since. So it's, like, some of those those smaller Lovitz are um, escaping me right now. Sure. <laughs> um, but I'm remembering some stuff with uh, Aragon having, I think, maybe it's, I think it's part of that, that self-internalization. Is kind of the snail like, moment? The snail moment, or, yes. Where, the, where he, like, makes fun of the snail? Is that the moment you're talking about? No, oh, no. 
Um, I feel like doesn't he talk to Brom? Uh, he doesn't talk to Brom. Talks to him in the third book. I'm see. I'm bl- I'm blending stuff from the third book and and this one. Um, he he goes back to Brom's tomb to protect it from thieves and stuff, and changes the words on it in this book. Is that the moment you're thinking of? Oh, maybe yes. Oh, because he he changes it from to include that his father should yeah, that yeah. he's the father of Aragorn. Um, that's cool. Like not the moment you're thinking of though. Not that was not the moment I was thinking of, but sure. it's uh that that is that is cool doing some of those some of those things to to close circles. Uh, what's let's rate it. On a, yeah. we're gonna do both. So on a scale of zero to five. How would you rate this? And then on a scale of 0 to 5, how would you rate the series? So this book, um, I think cause, because of some of the stuff in the middle that like get lost on, um, you know, how we, we talked about how we love this book through the first half. And then it kind of had those bits in the end. Um, I'm giving it a three and a half stars. Wow, that's low. Okay. Wow. Okay. Patty B needs a book five bad. Uh, I need to. I need to. I need uh, I would give us a four and a half. I think that like, um, it's, it, it is, uh, it is clear that, that Christopher wanted to write more and like had a lot more to say. And I think that's just evident and, and it makes it, it makes a lot happen really fast, right during the last hundred pages or so. Um, but I I enjoyed this book. I think that you know if if you know if you were to ask me where it ranks among my favorite books like of all time, it would it would be pretty high up there, like in, to include with with other other great books. Um, Which I, I think with to to your point there about him wanting to write more. I mean, this was supposed to be, I don't know if we talked about it before, this was supposed to be a trilogy. Yeah. But book book three was so long. And I think that's kind of why... I think, I think we talked about it in the episode, is that, like, he didn't... And I think that we talked at nauseum about it, of him not killing Sloane and how it derailed the entire story. Sure, yeah. And, like, it really do be doing that, though. Even it, like, persists. Yeah. That was that was a whole thing with with that one, but I think that kind of speaks to how we loved the first half of this book. If it was like remnants of that third book, sure, and how like then the rest of it was added later um, to try and wrap everything up. So like, and have that conclusion. So I can I can kind of see now like talking about that, like sure. why we may have felt that way. Um, uh, I think with our average, it brings it to a four. For let's rate let's rate the series. Uh, I'll go first. This is a five. Like it's this is my favorite fantasy series for young adult fiction by like a substantial margin. Um, like, uh, it makes it makes me want to read um the Percy Jackson series just mm-hmm. because I know that people have like you're wearing like a Hufflepuff hat, Hufflepuff Hufflepuff hat right now. Uh, for those listening, like there are, there's like these wholly stood up young adult fantasy books, and like 
Harry Potter, Aragon, um, for some people, Twilight. Uh, Shall we? <laughs> yeah, I like Twilight. I, yeah. I, it's fine. Uh, it's it's, good. it's interesting writing. Um, uh, but this one, this one takes the game for me. It's a five. You said a five too. Yeah. Oh yeah, five hundred percent five. Uh, low, lower score on the fourth book, but that does not affect my uh, so, scoring for so the series. I don't think somebody answered on Spotify, but somebody did talk to me about your poll. Okay. Um, so last week, Patty's poll was whether or not you're willing to watch content with a really deep backstory that you wouldn't probably be able to consume uh, in, a, in like a timely manner or something. Uh, talking right. about Ahsoka. And um, I... I was was talking to somebody at work about it who was like, "Hey, I gave your podcast listen, listen," and they were like, "They were like, I was lost episode one of Ahsoka. <laughs> like, I they was, were lost. Yeah. Okay, okay. And it was funny because Patty, you text, I text you like, "Did you watch the most recent episode?" And you were like, right. "Yeah, that was that was something." Yeah, I had to do some internet sleuthing to figure out what was right, going can on. Can I? This is huge, huge, huge Star Wars spoilers because I know Patty's not going to have time to go back and watch stuff. Yeah, uh, and it's also a little bit of a fan theory. So if you don't want to hear that about Star Wars, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, check out Love Patty's you. poll See you next week. Yeah, yeah. Patty's, have Patty's poll. If you're um, yeah. oh, sorry. Before let me should I do the the new poll before we dive into that? Sure, go for it. Okay. So, so for those, before Spencer goes and spoils some things, uh, poll for this week is what is your favorite book in the Inheritance Cycle? Uh, Aragon, Eldest, Brissinger, or Inheritance? Um, thank you. Now, spoilers. We got we to vote on those uh, during the uh, during the next episode. We got to say ours. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So you said something really interesting in the text. You're like, oh, this must be how she survives her fight with Vader. Have you seen how she lives? I feel like I watched a a video kind of okay. explaining. She it. does not live. So Star Wars introduces time travel and it's effed. So Ezra goes to the world between worlds, sees her about to die, and pulls her into the world between worlds. Okay. So yeah, I, I thought that I, yes. I I took that as her living, but no, oh, no I guess she, that is like because it's already he's going backwards in time. Creating Got a it. new timeline. Oh. Makes me sick. Uh, it's the worst. <laughs> uh, but yes, she has been there before. Uh, the, uh, there were so many things in that episode. Like every Star Wars fan that's like seen everything was like, that was the best episode of Star Wars content I've ever seen. And then right. you got people like you, they're like, that was so confusing. And it's like, yeah, I can see why that makes a lot. You get why you're lost. So, uh, Catch up, bro. uh, the first fight where she's like, this is our first fight. It's like a scene by scene cut of a scene of scenes in, in the Clone Wars. And it happens through the whole entire sequence. Yeah. Um, like I get, I get the whole, like if, if you're in this other space, right. Showing her like her first battles where she started losing people, right. Where she, like she was a kid in command of clone troopers. Yeah. And like the effects of that. Yeah. Like so that I can relate to. With her trauma, right? Yeah. yeah and, big thing to do with her trauma. And um the moment I don't know if you caught this, but like the moment where uh you know he he actually uh, it's like almost word for word return of the Jedi. 
where he's like, you will fight, then you'll die. And then she's like, I won't, I won't, I won't fight you. And then throws her saber down is Luke. Yeah. And that's when he's like, you got it. This is how you win. And also the transition, uh, because you didn't see Rebels, she was at the end of Rebels. She's wearing that white outfit. So mm. people were like, why is she in this gray outfit the whole time? And it's because she hadn't gained off the white yet. Got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. See, I, it's yeah, a lot. So, it is a lot. And that... I liked enjoying... I, I, I liked enjoying it for what it was without having to, like... You probably don't... You probably me out of that space. You probably won't have another one of those moments for what it's worth. I, I hope not. I I I have some I have some hopes with now that they have so spoilers for Ahsoka, now that they've entered the mouth of the space whale. Um I'm excited to see like what they do with that. Like I've I've heard some theories about them bringing like some sort of that it's not just Thrawn, that there's gonna be some sort of next level monster. Well, they're going to a galaxy far, far away from a galaxy far, far away, right? It's they're they're leaving off, like the Star Wars galaxy into another galaxy, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, and see what that looks like. <clears throat> I think for what it's worth, because we know the name of the movie that 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 Dave Filoni is doing, I think that we can already assume that Thrawn makes it back. Yeah, like knowing that the next the movie is titled Heir to the Empire. Like yeah, do you think that? Do you think? Well, do you think that they'll find Ezra there too? Yes. Okay, so they're bringing him live action. Um, and where is Luke in all this? Dude, I know this is turned into it's, like a whole uh, thing. He's building the Jedi Temple, man. Okay. All right. <sighs> all right, that's gonna do it for it up. yeah. <laughs> For that, uh, Petty B's got to get in his car and drive over to my house now. So we're going to be watching football. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you all with another episode of the Need to Nerd podcast.